Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. It is I, Jeff Dewaskin, your host of Classic Conversations and your guide through this bonus episode of Crossing the Streams. What is Crossing the Streams? So glad you asked. Crossing the Streams answers the universal question. What should I be binge watching next? I just finished something. Now I got to watch something else. We have come to the right place. We've got binge watching suggestions just overflowing, waiting to share with you. On our YouTube channel, we have over 102 hours of TV binge watching suggestions. You can catch our live show every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. You can watch along, comment along. Or if you don't have time for any of that, if 102 hours seems daunting, if watching a live show seems like too much of a commitment, you just sit here like you're doing right now and boom. I just beam a few segments from the various live shows into your ears. That's what this bonus episode is. We just grab segments from different episodes. Today's, for example, has a segment from all the way back from episode nine, episode 38, and episode 79. Sharit, Freaky, and McMillions is what we're covering today. So we got quite a variety for you to check out. We're going to kick things off with Sharit. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Ron Lippitt, I'm sure, will correct me in one second. Take it away, Ron. We know what else is awesome. This Charité. 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 So it's it's actually, so you picked Charité at War, which is the name for the second and third season of Charité. Charité is actually... Um, a three-season episode, but started, believe it or not, actually back in 2017, but then took a two-year gap in 2019 and is back on again in 2021. And they did the kind of the same thing that that The Crown did, where they, they went a couple of seasons and then switched casts completely uh, because it was taking on a completely different era uh, to the show. So this was, again, another uh, Netflix algorithm suggestion for me, which always does a great job. So appreciate it. Thank you, uh, the information technology folks at Netflix for, for sharing this with us. It is a German-made show, and it is a, a, a drama television series, each episode roughly between 45 and 60 minutes long. And it tells the story, at least in season one, about life in a hospital in the 1880s in the uh, Germany uh, with the Kaiser. And what's interesting about that is that there is a kind of like a, a crossing of moments between the women's liberation movement in Germany combined with medical discoveries that are happening in the late 1800s, particularly with vaccines and uh, you know medical therapies for things like tuberculosis and other types of diseases that were ravaging uh, Europe during the time. And as it turns out, and as the show does just an excellent job of building up to and then telling finally the, the ultimate story, uh, women have a tremendous role to play in Germany overcoming and Europe, frankly, and the world 
taking on the responsibilities of medical technology and being able to um, support their populations with with uh, with new therapies. So this is this is really good. It um, it's created by uh, a woman named Dorothy Schoen, which I don't expect that you have ever heard before. She is the uh, writer and uh, director for the first season. It stars Alicia von Rittberg. Now I don't expect you would know that name off the top of your head, Alicia von Rittberg. She herself is actually German royalty. But what's interesting about Alicia von Rittberg is if any of you guys saw the movie Fury with Brad Pitt. She got her acting debut in Fury, uh, being the young German girl that ends up dying. She <laughs> she has a, a single scene where, where she doesn't speak any the English. One. She's the one, exactly, that just that one scene. Well, apparently that one scene propelled her. She's now got a prolific German career. So it's, uh, it's pretty excellent. So I listen, Charité is, it, it is pure drama. It is, if you're interested in learning about uh, how from a science and perhaps social enlightenment standpoint, uh, we've come to where we are as a society. It's an excellent, excellent ride. And I, I really enjoyed season one. I have not seen seasons two or three yet. I do think it's interesting that they switched out the cast. I also think it's particularly interesting, whereas season two, uh, season one was in the uh, 1800s. Uh, season two goes into 1943 to 1945 and then season three then moves again to 1961 which is again showing you different socially important periods of women and of technology and kind of the colliding of of society and these uh, important moments in life so i i really recommend it i i think this is again this is subtitled uh i know some folks don't Enjoy the subtitles. We've talked about this endlessly. Do not dub this thing. Uh, it is much better in its original German. Yes, they yell at each other in German, uh, which is always uh. good. But uh, it is a, a highly uh, enjoyable show. I think it takes you on a great ride. I think the characters are well-developed. They have terrific acting. The storyline is, is very well done. I think it's the production's excellent. Uh, so score one for the Germans. And uh, okay. I'll be, uh, when they... <laughs> I'm going to take your advice on the subtitles, but uh, I get a little uh, dicey when I hear the terms, I prefer the original German. <laughs> this is a true story. These people just happen to all be in this one particular hospital just happened it, to. It is. It, it, the, whole okay. story, the whole story is true. And what's interesting you find out in, in this original, you know, the first season, is that there was quite a bit of resistance, mostly religious resistance, to the idea of some of these therapies uh, that involved live vaccine and some of the great stories you've heard about, about how we've overcome things like smallpox and other types of terrible diseases. If you can imagine it, the powers that be uh, resisted mightily some of these therapies and some of these advances. And it took people risking their career, sometimes their lives to prove to uh, the government and society that this was real and that this is science and that you can't make up math and science and that this stuff uh, uh, is going to change the world. And it does. And it did. And I think it's part of the great story. So I, I love, I love stories like this where people risk everything to prove a point and end up being correct. Sorry, I just I got handed a note from my lawyer. The views on science and math that Ron just said <laughs> are not necessarily the views. Uh, uh, crossing the streams. Uh, yes, crossing, crossing the streams. Uh, crossing the know. streams is very pro-steam. We, we, listen, we, we respect all people's views, science or otherwise. And uh, listen, I don't mean to. I don't mean to in any way. If God uh, means to smite salt. the world, you know, who are we to build an ark? Yeah. All right, this is what evolution. 
Right. Very interesting. <laughs> and uh, Casey Ryan plot, uh, you've convinced him. He, he's going to watch it. It's uh, but Casey speaks the original German, so right. this is so. this will be good for him. So Casey, entschuldigen Sie. You know German? All right. That was Ron Lippett. Sharit from episode 79. I think I got it right there. I'm not sure. Let's dive now back to episode 9 a Howard Rosner classic, McMillions. Take it away, Roz. We're going to kick it off with McMillions. So I'm going to let Howard t- take it over. So on HBO Max is where you find it. Came out last year. It uh, is a six-part docu-series, and it was I was riveted from the first five minutes of the show. So the gist of the story, if you haven't seen it or don't know about it, is... In the late 1990s into the early 2000s, the McDonald's Monopoly game, which most of us have partaken in, some of us a little too often, was essentially rigged by, well, I don't want to tell you who, because that's a big part of the story. (laughs) You think? uh, It was wrong. It was rigged. So it starts off with how they, first people, they kind of, came to discover, uh, and then they kind of build case from there. And they talk about how they built the case. And uh, it's fascinating. You get to the end of, it, of end of the episodes, and you're like, I know who it is, and I know how they did it. And then you get to the next episode, and you're like, holy crap, that's not even close. So when they get to the final reveal of all the people that were involved, and it touches on the mob, and it touches on all these people uh, that were totally innocent and church going and somehow ended up in all this and it became part of divorce proceedings and it was just really really riveting and and amazing and i thought i thought it was excellent and the the craziest part about it is i kept saying to my wife when we were watching it how do i not remember this being a significantly bigger story because they had the the uh, attorney general, uh, you know, doing a press conference talking about it. And the simple reason is the reveal to the general public of how this all happened was right during the days after September 11. Mm. So it was totally on the back page, even though it was an, a major story. But it's it's great. They flow so fast. The ability now, when they were released to Jeff Dwoskin's point, who you all follow on Facebook and Twitter, made the case yesterday <laughs> for episodic television as opposed to releasing an entire season at one time. This, when it came out, came out once a week. So it absolutely captured your attention uh, waiting for the next one. I thought it was excellent. Uh, so, so I Howard, I, give it a, I, I, I'm confused. Is it a, is it a documentary or is it like a, is yeah. it fictional? No, no, totally, total documentary. Uh, there's a couple small little reenactments, but it's not really based on that. It builds the story of, they, they kind of start off with video of them McDonald's Corporation and thinking a film crew filming winner testimonials. And then as you get into it, you <coughs> discover that they were staged testimonials. Mm. McDonald's knew that and they were working with the FBI and the film crew were FBI trying to get these people admitting not admitting to the crime, but going, you know, lying when they knew that there was something hinky, if I may use that term. <laughs> and then they get into how they found that out, who was involved, and then they leave it up to the last last episode for you to find out who it was that blew the whistle on everybody. And then the other part of it was, they, as they're going through the series, they're like, 
but we could never figure out how they were getting their hands on the winning game pieces. In the last episode, they tell you how that happened too, and it's it's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. So, I worked in I worked in the promotion industry for a while, so that and that that kind of that incident ruined a lot of things for uh, yeah yeah for seating and all that kind of stuff. When I watched McMillions, I enjoyed it, but that at some point I kind of I felt like this could have been this could have been less episodes. This could have been shorter. This could have been yeah. You know I mean? It could have been right. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That that was my yeah. only the story yeah. was amazing, but. It, I felt like it's like, yeah, they we need, to make, it as we need a, to make this. This is a two episode thing, but we need eight. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could. They could have done it as a one hour Dateline NBC. Sure. You know, I, again, I liked it that it was a documentary that because it was six episodes, they built drama as if it weren't a documentary, which I, I kind of enjoyed. Captured the mind a little bit more from episode to episode. So I and, and to your point, Jeff, if they had released all six episodes at one time, it wouldn't have been nearly as enjoyable over a six-hour stretch uh, as it was releasing six individual episodes. So it was it was great. It's interesting because they use the cover of 9-11 to hide their criminal activity, and the only other people doing it at that time was the Catholic Church. <laughs> mm, that's actually a good point. That's actually true. That was right on top. So Illuminati, much Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Joe's got uh, Joe's. Uh, Joe comes ready with a headphone, mic, Wi-Fi. Yeah. He's going. He's going for Bill. Uh, he's going for Bob's job. <laughs> yeah. Hey, why don't I just drop off right now? Why don't we? <laughs> All right, Rosner with McMillions. Makes you want to run out to get some McDonald's, doesn't it? Well, we got one more. Before you do that, we got Freaky with Tony Berardo from the Berardo Podcast, a frequent visitor to the show. Take it away, Tony. Is this like a body swapping thing? I mean, Jeff, do you want to do the No, I'm just guessing from the poster. (laughs) I'm just guessing. Freaky. (laughs) (laughs) That's the entire review is it's just a body swap thing. Um, No, it's, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, I wasn't, it is a body swapping flick, but I don't know if you guys have ever seen Change Up with Ryan Reynolds and Jeff, what's his name? Jason Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That's like a switch a body switch movie, but it's hilarious. Sure. Like when yeah. you see that, you're not thinking, oh, another body swap movie. Like, do we really need this in our life? Um, because it's something completely different. And I kind of went into this thing like kind of annoyed, but I wanted to see because I love Vince Vaughn. I think he's hilarious. And he actually does pretty good dramatic roles. Like in True Detective, I really enjoyed him in, even though that series kind of fell off. But I was like, I got to see this. This will be interesting. It might be kind of funny. It is not funny, but it's really good though. Like if you like Blumhouse flicks, if you're a big Blumhouse fan, this thing is super gory. It, it reminds me a lot of like Jason because, spoiler alert, uh, Vince Vaughn's the killer, but he has like this weak, like this weird, like, I don't know, African mask or something like that that he, he goes around slaying people. And, you know, if you haven't seen Vince Vaughn in real life, uh, nor have I, but he's huge. He's like almost seven feet tall. Like he's a massive freak show of a man. So for him running around with like these crazy weapons because he just grabs all these weird weapons from the get go. And starts killing these annoying teenagers that are like smoking weed at their parents' house talking about, oh, you remember last year when this was haunted and now it's not like it's that cheesy, stupid stuff. But then it gets kind of gory and Blumhouse style. So I enjoyed it because I love horror flicks and I thought it was pretty entertaining. But then when they swap, Vince Vaughn goes from being this crazy killer to like a teen 
So he's almost like his Wedding Crashers character on Helium with Ritalin. Like it was kind of like a fun. But when it becomes a teen, does the teen become the murderer? Yes. So and then she becomes a complete psychopath, but she she can't kill people because she's not seven feet tall anymore. So she's <laughs> trying to kill people, but she she's getting batted around like a teen. <laughs> so she has to find these creative ways to to start killing people. And it, it is kind of it's interesting. It's different. But I highly recommend if you're into like gory flicks and kind of like dark comedies, because there is some comedy in there that that's pretty cool. But it scared the hell out of my uh, my wife, even though. Huh. Yeah. I mean, YouTube video scare, but you know, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good flick. I definitely recommend it if you're into Vince Vaughn, cause he is funny when he switches to the girl because he's just like a girl <laughs> for about, you know, the, uh, the 80% end of the movie. So yeah, uh, there's some troubling scenes at the end. Some uncomfortable ones you saw, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But yeah, he, the girl prior to them switching, she falls in love with this teen kid. And at the end it's Vince Vaughn. <laughs> so there's, there's some interesting romantic dynamic. I more than once watching this movie, I I just thought more than Vince one? Vaughn needed a paycheck, man. Oh yeah, this I'm, is not a Vince Vaughn movie. No, I'm surprised he did it, but I'm thinking that it was like one of those contractual deals to where he he did like one movie and then they're like, hey, yeah. by the way, we're gonna throw you a movie like in 2020, and you can't ask us what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Is his career over? I mean, I, I just I just assume he jumped the shark years ago. I know he did Heartbreak Heartbreak Ridge. No, what was it called uh, the the war movie? Um, oh yeah, that. Uh, no, not Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, not Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I, I just assume I just assumed his career was completely. How long ago now. was Dodgeball? Uh, well, they're gonna they're gonna have another Wedding Crashers, right? And by the way, uh, I don't know that. A sort of on topic here. I think it, did you see Delivery Man? He starred in that. I did. No. Where he was the father of hundreds of right. kids because he kept donating sperm to this particular place. Yeah. He was excellent in that. I love that movie. It was very sweet. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. Again, I think he, I don't know. He's usually pretty good with like picking stuff, but I enjoyed him in that. Uh, what was that? That block movie he did, the cell block or whatever. I oh, thought, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I like that movie. I thought that was underrated because I thought he was really good in that. And that's kind of what I was expecting where I was like, oh, maybe it's like a dark, you know, kind of crazy stuff. But then there was a little bit of comedy. Then it got kind of freaky. But then I'm like, I'm looking at the title and I'm like, well, I mean, all right, I guess you, you warned me. We're right when I press play. I mean, he's it's good enough, though, between Wedding Crashers, Old yeah. School and um, swingers. Dodgeball. He still makes swingers and swingers, <laughs> of course, swingers. The, uh, Here's what I like to see. And this is the last thing I'll say. If he gets back with like, John Favreau and does some cool shit again. Like everything he does with it, like the breakup and you know, them two together is just cool. Like I saw internship with him and, and Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Eh, that was okay. Don't do another wedding crashers too. That's a bad, that's a mistake. It's like the, another dumb and dumber. That's not a good idea. We saw uh, the internship is a terrible movie, but it does have a couple of scenes that make me laugh when he's ex- trying to explain exchangeogram. Um, and they're like, that's Instagram. And, uh, and he keeps saying on the line. And uh, the no, 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 like, this is online. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that scene. And then the scene where they're doing the video interview uh, to try and get into the internship. Yeah. And they're both squeezed into the same yeah, webcam. Yeah. I mean, look, like, Ron, I, right? like, I mean, I, like physical comedy, like Vince Vaughn's very physical. 
Yeah. And he can't do that anymore. Like Chevy Chase at one point got kind of like in community. Like if you watch the community, like Chevy Chase, like, all right, dude, you're just a creepy old man. Like you just, you know, you were funny and you need to kind of tone it down a little bit. Vince Vaughn's at that point where I think his career is in Korea. He's calmed down. Well, so he, you know, he was with, you know, uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Angelina Jolie with uh, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Right? right. And and I thought, honestly, he was weird in that movie. He was funny, though. Uh, but I kind of assumed that like that was sort of the end of his career there. He just wasn't as funny, not as physical, you know, and now he's back. He's kind of kind of turning into something else and it's not good. Uh, I tell you, one of my favorite things that uh, that he did, um, and you can find it every once in a while. I see it rerun on. Uh, he did a, a series. I think it was called the Vince Vaughn Wild West Comedy Show or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. uh, with him, John Caponera, uh, and a couple other comics. Right. Um, they tur- they toured around, and uh, it was it was pretty good. That was a pretty good uh, pretty good series of. Uh, of comedy mm. shows that they did. Yeah. Pretty cool. But I mean but I mean the one thing I would say about this this flick is it's stupid, but it is entertaining. There is some parts of it where it's like, hey, cool, but don't go in expecting like it's gonna be, you know, a Vince Vaughn movie or it's gonna be like a horror movie. It's kind of this weird thing you haven't seen before, but it was interesting. I mean I wouldn't pay to watch it in theaters, but I'm glad it's free on HBO Max. So mm. okay. all right. Glad it's free on HBO Max. That's a new uh category. <laughs> All right, that was Freaky from Tony Berardo of the Berardo Podcast. So check out his podcast. Quite an episode, huh? We got Freaky, McMillions, and Sharit, however you pronounce it. Three great things for you to dive into. So go hop on the couch, grab the remote, cross your own streams, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.